Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. The voice of Dan Schulman on ESPN Radio calling Game 1 of the World Series. We're about to hear the voice of a triumphant Keyshawn Johnson. Let's go, Dodgers. I'll say it objectively because we got Let's my- <laughs> go, Dodgers! <laughs> it comes less than a half minute into the show, but he, like many other Dodger fans, have been waiting for this particular moment for a long time. Not collectively, but individually. <laughs> Oddly enough, from the best pitcher of his generation as we welcome you inside Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin this morning on ESPN Radio, ESPN News. J. Will will be back tomorrow morning. Said that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days I'm going to be right. So he will be back tomorrow morning. I'm going to put my money on that one for now. In his stead, more than capable to round out our triumvirate today, the put great again, Bart coach. Scott, 11-year. <laughs> he's ready to go. Next man up. You guys are saying it all the time. 11-year NFL veteran Bart Scott with the Ravens and the Jets, and he's part of our flagship station, 98.7 ESPN in New York, where he hosts a daily program every morning at 11, but he's getting up a little extra early for us, which we certainly appreciated. Bart, thanks for being here. No problem. This is like yesterday. This is a continuous day. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't tomorrow until <laughs> the show is over. It just melds all <laughs> into one. And, Key, let's just get right into it, because I know this is something you've been, I wouldn't say gripping about, but a lot of Dodgers fans were waiting for this back in the day um they used to call dwight gooden dr k because of his proclivity for the strikeout but uh pardon the pun in the expression we have a new dr k and that is k for kershaw six innings one run ball that's a very small number of runs to give up and you say what your version of small ball is manufacturing runs has helped the dodgers to a 1-0 world series and if you go back to if you listen to the show (laughs) i've been saying that the one thing about clayton kershaw is that you've got to give him some cushion, which I'm, which means give him some runs, make him feel comfortable. When when he's pitching in tight 1-0 situations, 2-1 situations, it's almost like a stress test for him, and he fails at that stress test. But now that you've given him some cushion, you know, you get the, you, he gives up the home run in the fifth inning, but he was up 2-1, and the Dodgers' bat came, bats came alive in the fifth. So now if we decide to go beyond six with him, we feel a whole lot better in that situation than to have him pitching at 2-1. Six, six innings, one earned run, the jack that he gave up in the fifth. Outside of that, the guy, eight strikeouts. I, I think he pitched 70, 73 balls in 56 of them with strikes. Mm. That, that percentage is amazing. You want to be able to have those sort of things. You want to be able to have your guy like Cody Bellinger hit a home run. He's starting to come alive. His bat's starting to come alive. So you start to see, obviously, Mookie bets everything on a $300 million deal that we gave him. He earned, better yet, we didn't give him anything. He earned that $300-plus million is certainly paying off. And, I, and, and it's just good to see that Kershaw, we don't, we're not talking about the day after, well, man, did you see him? Oh, gosh, what did he do? Oh, he didn't pitch well. Oh, he gave up this. He, we're not talking about that. We're talking about positives and the fact that he may be able to come back in game four, considering that I'm already sweeping, right? In game, <laughs> in game four to close the thing out or in game five to close it out, depending on where the skipper wants to set the pitching rotation. And Bart, that's very important because this is the first round of the playoffs where we're actually going to have built-in off days. So you're not going to have to pitch a guy like Kershaw or Blake Snell tonight's starter for the Rays, their most important pitcher, in a situation where it's short rest. This is actually going to feel like an actual postseason series. Yeah. yeah. Well, you well you look at you know from the other point of point of view, right? You want to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays? They've been you know playing for from ahead. You think about uh, Glassnell. You know he you know they they got to him right. You know he's a two pitch pitcher. 
and they were able to get to him early. But listen, I'm not going to panic. And um, you know, I think Tampa Bay will be, be fine. I think they still have – they go three pitchers deep you know, before they get to their bullpen game. You know, this was, this was more important for Kershaw to get up to a, to, a, to a good start because I feel like this is a, a series and this is his best opportunity to get a world championship, but also his best opportunity to kind of change the narrative about what he's been, you know, in, in the past. You know, so the fact that he was able to get ahead, I feel like they're playing with house money. You know, that series before, you know, you almost started to feel like you're a team of destiny, right? You know, the Atlanta Braves series, you know, they were down, they, they battled back. And I feel like they have an air of confidence because they're the favorite. They should be the favorite. You know, and this is something that they're trying to put a bow on. You know, I mean, this has been, what, what, three, four years where we've talked about them as the best team in baseball. They've not been able to kind of, you know, get over, hey, to, get over man, the finish line. <laughs> Calm you know, down. They, they haven't been able to get over the finish line, Keith. And, you know, adding Mookie Best, I think, gives them, you know, add confidence. You talk about manufacturing runs. You talk about, you know, you're, you're here on the, on the um, telecast yesterday you're talking about how Mookie Best, how quickly he gets to the ball. You know, you think about Glassnell. You know, right now, everybody – Everybody throws 100, right? Everybody throws 100, and you got to have a third pitch, and we're waiting for Glassman to get that third pitch because, you know, they were able to finally get his timing and get to him in the fifth inning. And you talk about, you know, in the seventh, Gonzalez getting out of that out of that hole, you know, being able to – I mean, how lucky was that? You know, you know, luck is – preparation meets opportunity. Opportunity meets preparation. He was able to get that, 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 that line drive back to him, get the double play, get out of it. You know, and I think it settled everything down. Now let's see what Tampa Bay is all about. Let's see if they can come back and they and they can rebound because we know that I believe it's going seven. I don't think it's a sweep. Hey, man, I think, listen, listen, the, the baseball gods, you know, the ebb and flow of baseball. No, I didn't say sweep. You know, I just said four, but doesn't mean we could sweep. We might end it in five. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going seven, though. That, that's, you know, I, yeah, I, listen. You know, I think Tampa, Tampa Bay, is, they're, they're, they're battle-tested. You know, and I feel like they feel like they're a team of destiny as well. And, and, and I think this is a, a tale of two stories, right? You think you got, you got the team with the highest payroll or one of the highest payrolls, and you got one of the teams with the lowest. I think if Tampa Bay is able to win, what it's going to do is going to create an opportunity about how people go moving forward in analytics and, and, and not just trying to acquire talent, but the right type of talent. And I think if, you know, if Tampa Bay wins, then you got the geek squad that's going to be more prevalent within <laughs> baseball and within sports. You know, they're starting to take over sports where you talk about, you know, being able to get players that are able to get on base. And, you know, they're, they're the no-names, right? So I, I think they, they battle back. I think they've been through I think Cash are rattling the troops. You think about Snell, you think about Morton, you know, that's going to be tough. We'll talk about Snell. That's the one name people actually may know for the Rays. And considering their situation, this might be the best spot for them tonight. Down 1-0 and having their 2018 Cy Young winner on the mound tonight in Blake Cell. The Dodgers will counter with 26-year-old Tony Gonsolin. We'll see. He's been a mixed bag in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> exactly, Gossel. right? So we'll see. Yeah, but we, we quick hook him, though. I'm not even worried about that. We're going to give him an inning and two-thirds, and he got to go. Last word from Clayton Kershaw will come from... Clayton Kershaw joining Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter after the game last night and just kind of listen to not the words he's saying, just listen to the tone of his voice and see if you can sense a little relief. Yeah, it was a great, great game tonight all the way around for us. Um, you know, it didn't feel it didn't feel too different other than being not in our home ballpark or being on the road or anything like that. But, you know, like you said, I've gotten to do this before and, you know, the last couple haven't gone so well for me. So I'm fortunate to get out there in game one and get another chance at it. And, uh, you know, we pulled out a win tonight and our guys played awesome and we're excited to come back tomorrow and try to do it again. Obviously, tomorrow would be tonight talking to Scott right after the game, letting his proverbial hair down, his long hair down key. The Dodgers have been in the World Series three the last four years, 2017, 2018, and 2020. And believe it or not... Know them well. (laughs) And believe it or not, this is only... 
Kershaw's second World Series win, even though he's had multiple stabs added. Considering his talent, I know we've talked a lot about the struggles, but when you say three of the last four years at the final spot on the brink of a championship, only a second career World Series win. I'm not belittling any World Series win, but for a pitcher of his ilk and how many times they've been recently? Well, you gotta you gotta get past four innings, right, to even get official. the credit, get the official <laughs> credit. When you've been chased or, or or taken out in certain situations, that you won't get the credit. And a lot of the times, the Dodgers are again. If you look at this postseason history, it's been partly him, but partly our bats. We haven't been able to support him on the offensive side by getting the runs to allow him to settle down in a comfort zone. And that is one of the reasons that you only see two victories. Last night, we was able to, we gave him some runs early, and then all of a sudden, we started getting runs, even though he only went the six. In that fifth inning, you felt like, okay, he'll come back out and he'll, he'll be okay if we decide to go even longer with him because we've now given him some room to be able to go to the toolbox and pull out whatever it is that he wants to deliver. Much more baseball talk. So you basically called him a front runner. <laughs> Never mind. No, it's not football, man. <laughs> Much more baseball talk with our Buster Only from Baseball Tonight. That's coming up at 640. He'll join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. A reminder, Mookie Betts now also homering against the Dodgers in the World Series and homering for the Dodgers in the well, World Series. Well, we don't Series. care about against. All we care is for. We forgive anything in the past. Whatever he was a part of, that's something we don't even talk about in L.A., though. We'll talk about the Astros, but we'll never – We'll never talk about Joe Kelly, and we'll never talk about Mootsy Betts. They're ours. Gotcha. Joe Kelly, of course, the pitcher who's had some interesting moments for both of those franchises as well. Be a part of Keyshawn J. Will and Zuba Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. We're asking you at Key J and Z, who will have a better NFL career? Joe Burrow. Oh, I thought you were about to say me or Jay. Or Tua Tungavailoa. <laughs> Or Keyshawn Johnson or Jay Williams. But just for the uh, sake of consistency, let's keep it to Joe Burrow or Tua. I'll give you two choices. Four is a little too much. Better NFL career. Joe Burrow already off to a magnificent start. Or the start for Tua, which was two for two. But obviously now moving forward, the job is his. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold 20 ounce Dr. Pepper today. Still to come. Speaking of Tua, Key predicted it weeks ago that this would be the very moment Tua became the Dolphin starter. How is he so sure? The answer is pretty simple. That's next. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You won't have to wait very long for it to happen. Tua is the Dolphins' starting quarterback. You heard Adam Schefter there at the very top there saying he had done something to really ingratiate himself to the franchise. Must have been off the field or intangible because he's two for two in his brief career. You heard Max Kellerman say, hey, Things go right. They have a, do have an easy schedule out of the gate here for Tua. Maybe they make the playoffs. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. But I'm going to tell you, the way the Dolphins close this season is difficult. This is just the back end of their schedule from week 14 on, fellas. Bart Scott in for J. Will this morning. Bart Scott, the 11-year NFL vet. They'll close from week 14 on, hosting the Chiefs, hosting the Pats, at the Raiders, at the Bills. That's fine because Key setting it up. It's so much easier than that. If they can get past their bye, tongue planted firmly in cheek, they get past the Rams, then it's really easy out of the gate for Tua because you got Arizona, Denver, the Jets, the Bengals, a great opportunity for a smooth start after the bye. And you essentially said this is exactly when we were going to see Tua. It's not rocket science. No, it's not. When you you look at just the history of the NFL and how they like to do business – they like to get into things around the buy time, whether it's making adjustments on the coordinating positions or who's calling plays or all of those sort of things, or whether players come back off injuries, give them an extra week where a guy should come back. Let's say a, a, a buy is in week five. He's scheduled to come back in week four. They say, you know what? We got week five. Let's bring him in week six so we can get him prepared during the buy to do everything we need to do. And you look at the quarterback situation, there's no different than Tua, halfway point. Now, you you say, okay, well, you give him just a little bit last game, just a little a taste. Let him out there a little bit of taste, which was fine. Now you have the buy to get him up to speed where he becomes the number one guy. You spend a little more time coaching him up, doing that buy process. Now you face the Rams. A lot of people say, why would you throw him out there to the Wolves against Aaron Donald? No, you're not. You're not throwing him out there against Aaron Donald. What you're doing is you're putting your future quarterback in the game so he can understand the speed of the game. Yes, the SEC is bullish and fast and big and strong, and you've played against some of these guys in the SEC, but the NFL is a little bit different. And so you get him an opportunity to go up against a a team like the Rams, win or lose, which most likely they're going to lose. Then you look at an Arizona team, you play against an Arizona team that's coming off a – well, two weeks, it would be a couple weeks removed from this big win against the Dallas Cowboys. But Arizona's kind of, you know, they're okay. They're hovering around. You don't really know if they're really good or they're bad or is it just the Cowboys, which most people would say it's the Cowboys. Then the Chargers. Then you got the Chargers with, with another young quarterback, Justin Herbert, but also right. a pretty solid defense. Uh, then you kind of start to get into that rough patch of schedule. I'd rather do it now so when we get to the rough schedule, He's accustomed to playing in the NFL, and he'll see some things that he hadn't seen 
before. Bart, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight to the schedule, as Key said, by Rams, Arizona, the Chargers, and mm-hmm. the kid picked right behind Tua and Justin Herbert, Denver Jets, Bengals. It's not a bad opportunity here. I mean, what you're really hoping for, that he plays well, he gets some experience. The future is now. You understand that Fitzmagic was um, just there as a, as a placeholder to try and tutor, um, um, tutor this young man, try and get him ready to go. But, you know, what you hope – and I don't believe that they can get one of these wild card spots because they're not going to win a division. No, you, think about, no. you think about what's going to happen. With, happen. You know, I think since uh, Cleveland are picking back up, I think that Baltimore, you may get two or three from the AFC North. What you want is to be, put him in a situation where you can see what he's made out of and get him some type of experience in high-pressure situations because you get down in the, in the, at the, near the end of the season, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to maybe have some success. And then, and then what happens is generally by week five you know, of starting, people are going to get a book on him. He's going to be forced to adjust and have to figure out how to do things a little differently. He's going to get exploited a little bit. But then he's going to get that experience and going to have that – you know, that, that hunger to go in the offseason trying to improve and be a better quarterback, and they'll continue to build around them. You know, they're, they're probably about another year or two away from trying to be a real contender to try and become a wild card or maybe win that division. You know, and you want to, you, know, you see what's happening across the league with Joe Burrow. You see what's happening with Herbert, you know, who I think is a seed at all expectations. So you say, you know what, you know, we got a guy that we believe in that would have been the number one overall pick if he hadn't got hurt in college. Let's get him out there. Let's kind of excite the fan base. You saw the reaction when he went in the game, late in the game. You know, they didn't just put him in there to hand the ball off. They wanted to give him some throws in, 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 a, in a situation where they feel like he was protected because the Jets don't have a great pass rusher, and then the, the game was over. So now you can take that next step. You know, it's always football one-on-one that, you know, you want to get preparation for a quarterback, you know, the week of the bye. That's when decisions are made. That's when you self-scout, right? So now this gives them an opportunity to say, okay, Nobody knows how they're going to attack with, 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 with Tua, right? So now that gives them an added advantage coming in against a team like, like, like the Rams because he gets to come in and get an opportunity where they don't have that book on him. So I don't fear Aaron Down, they'll max protect, they'll do things, get him you know, moving outside the pocket, boot, boots, throwbacks, waggles, things of that short uh, sorts, and shots. You know, so I feel like this is a great situation for him. Um, and I think that you know, we'll see what the kid is made out of pretty soon in, in his career. It, it's uh, it's a good thing. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see that they'll get back on the field. They're playing a long game in Miami anyway. They're not playing a short game. They're not trying to win per se right now. It's a two, three-year process. They get some players on the team, got a, a bunch of young talent, kind of see what it is before they really make a hard decision on how things are going to go. Now you plan like a lot. As you get toward the end of the season, a lot of those guys are playing for 31 other teams, but also playing – to be able to retain and come back in 2021. This gives them a fair opportunity. So now you can see who matches well with Tua, what, who's his favorite receiver. It'll be some guy that's the third or fourth receiver because he's been practicing with them and, and taking scout team reps or second team reps. That second team guy all of a sudden will emerge and become a star. And now the coaches will sit there and go, oh, okay, I, I see what we have at the skill position you know, and we didn't know that when Ryan was in there because Ryan didn't take reps with him. One last note on Ryan. Each of the last four times, maybe this was as predictable as Key said, each of the last four times Fitzmagic has started a season as the starter, 
He's lost his job within six games, so we're right at that particular well, mark. Well, well that's who he is, yeah. though. I mean, but at least he didn't lose he, he didn't lose his job like Tampa, where he started off and he was on fire, and then he cooled off and started throwing interceptions and, and, and having. But that turnovers. was gonna happen too. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yo, we like I said, you get the tale of two stories: you get Fitz Magic or you get Fitz Tragic. And right now, he's been Fitz Magic, and they, they know Fitz Tragic. You know that train's never late, like I always say. That train's never late. But then, you know, he's great for Tua. And I think that, you know, Ryan has finally realized that this is what he is and this is his role. Oh, no, he and didn't this, realize that. That's Well, well, well I, I think in Tampa, he looked at Jameis Winston. And he was like, you know, this is Jameis. Jameis is, is going to turn the ball over even more than I will. Ain't no so way I get an opportunity hell he could have died. I kept telling people, they kept saying, he's going to take Jameis. I said, man, he ain't taking Jameis' job just because Jameis is struggling. He's going to come back to that pumpkin very soon. <laughs> and elsewhere in the state of Florida, it's the same fate, whether it's Tampa or Miami. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. The Dolphins are going to tank for Tua. Everything's going well. They didn't tank. They had a great finish to the end of last season. They got him at the five <laughs> spot exactly where they wanted. So things are moving in the right direction with Tua. Still to come, things are certainly not moving in the right direction with the Cowboys. Two guys telling the NFL Network that the coaching staff is totally unprepared so what does the leader of the coaching staff think? You'll hear from Mike McCarthy straight on that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So oh, you heard you there from the host, Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, then you heard from Stephen A. And then you heard from 78-year-old Jerry Jones, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. J. Will will be back tomorrow. Bart Scott, the 11-year no, <laughs> NFL veteran, which I said earlier this morning. Jets Ravens is with us this morning, doing a great job. As always, let's get right into the Cowboy conversation coming off the debacle in Big D on Monday Night Football. Jane Slater of the NFL Network, who's a terrific reporter and has been all over the Dallas Cowboys beat for years. Tweeting this yesterday, raising a lot of eyebrows, quote, Cowboys players initially bought into keeping things internal. Now, as they sit two and four, the discontent is leaking out. 
on the coaching staff, quote, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. That's what one player told Jane Slater. Another said, quote, they just aren't good at their jobs. It is a political season, so let me make sure we get the equal time in here. That was railing against Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff. After hearing that, McCarthy said... This. And I just really go back to my first meeting with the football team. I've always stated this uh, to every team that, that I've uh, coached. I think it's important to handle things as men. I mean, if you do have something to say publicly that, that is of, you know, of most importance, I think it's important to say it to the individual, uh, particularly in, in, a, in, a, in a group dynamic setting, and especially in the game of football, especially for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, Key, what do you think? I, mean, I really don't care, to be honest with you, when it's said. Uh, whether it's in a public setting, privately, obviously coaches, you know, they don't like when players say negative things about their style of coaching and the way things are being done. But when you start to see players saying those things, now I would like for the players to put their names out of it because that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, if I don't need to go behind the coaches or players' backs and whisper things, if if they are doing their job, put your name to it, it's fine. With that being said, when there is smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. There's something there. What that something is, we don't obviously know because we're not in the building. Only thing we can see is the results that were put on the field against the Arizona Cardinals, which they quite frankly stink, <laughs> and they were not good. They look horrible. Um, you know, when you look at Mike McCarthy's first hire, when he was first hired, and you look at Mike Nolan, Mike McCarthy hired him, you thought, okay, two former head coaches, won a Super Bowl winner, had some success as a D.C. in this league, kind of know his stuff. You thought it would be much better than it's turned out. Mm -hmm. They're not buying into what they're selling. They're not buying into it. And if they're not buying into it and you're you're looking at it from an ownership standpoint, how long do you ride this out? It's very easy to fire the defensive coordinator tomorrow. It's very easy to fire him at the end of the season. But do you want to hit the reset button as a whole? You got Dad Prescott who's coming back, so he's coming back off injury. So that's a that's a good thing when he's back next season. That'll be good for you. Um, hit the reset button on Mike McCarthy at the end of the year. If it doesn't go according to what that plan is, or are you willing to sacrifice that young talent over the next couple years and kind of getting the same sort of production that you got this year? And if I'm a billionaire, times over, like a Jerry Jones. And I have Mike McCarthy there, and I'm not winning the division, and I put money and drafted CeeDee Lamb and, and, and put money into other players, and I know the offensive line has been decimated. I understand. I get that. But you still should be competitive. There's teams like the San Francisco 49ers. Shanahan figured out how to put that together to beat the Rams and, and win some games. And there's other teams that have injuries as well that figure out how to get things done. If we can't figure it out, hit the reset button. And if it costs me whatever, $25 million to get you out of here, fine. Now I'm going to go find that coach, and I'm going to write the biggest check, whoever that coach is. I'm going to go take somebody else's coach, if I'm Jerry Jones, and I'm going to bring that dude here. I'm going to bring Eric Bieniemy. I'm going to bring uh, Jim Harbaugh because Ooh, I need stuff. I like Harbaugh as a pro coach. I like it. Now, he may get a little crazy <laughs> in year four or five, but I'm willing to pay $100-plus million in that four-year window to get my 
to get you know, whatever the numbers turn out to be. Dude, I'm they, willing. Dude, they ain't beat Ohio State yet. Doesn't you want to break here to try and win Doesn't in the matter. NFL. He's a pro coach. I get it. He'll he burn deserves you out. He'll to. Burn you out. He deserves to be in the pros because his style works. And I just I like him to to restore order. And young quarterback, you've seen what he's done with young quarterbacks and in the pros. Okay. If 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 Harbaugh, if you did go, go that route, I tell you what, half of those players won't be on that team. When we, when are we gonna start putting ownership? Listen, and I, I listen. I'm not the biggest Mike Nolan fan, right? You know he knows why. But Uh-oh. Mike Nolan's with me. With, oh yeah, he did. Coach he's he's with me in Baltimore. He was the reason that the Baltimore Ravens went to a three four, four from a four three. So I know he got the secret sauce. Now, at some point, we got to put it on the players. These players are soft. And I tell you what, I've never lost. It was a couple of teams that we've always done. Let me dominated. ask you this, though. Let me, Go ahead. Let me, the players are soft, in your opinion, right? Man, they, they are soft, horrible. But does that, is that not indicative of the coach's personality and how no, no. That's, they get, like, like, I've been around hard-nosed coaches. Yeah. It ain't it's about so, being Mike Nolan hard nosed coach. It ain't about that. No, it's it's about what they decided to do and how they decided to build this football team. They decided, they decided to build it on the offensive side of the ball, try and put up a lot of points, change their identity to more about Dak and not more about Ezekiel Elliott. Understand the offensive line, you know, is decimated and they're not the not the unit that they used to be, so it's harder to to really have the offense go through Dak. I mean, go through it uh, through Elliott. But the the problem is Listen, whenever, whenever I ever played a Dallas Cowboys team, it was always the softest team I've ever played, right? Mentally, Dang. physically, I'm telling you. Listen, listen, Man, remember. I was on that team. What you mean? <laughs> you know, they was soft. We, we got the dub that day, too. I wasn't soft. So. Yeah, you, you weren't soft, but what I'm saying is the philosophy and as an organization, their brand is soft. They want to act like they're a tough team and they want to act like they're contenders. They're front runners. They've always been a front running organization. Whenever we played them, we knew it was going to be barbecue chicken because that's the way they roll. Everything is so nice and plush for them. You know, they got the best facilities, they got the best stadium, they got the best of everything. And it makes them soft. And they've always been underachievers. Whenever we ever we talked about a Dallas team, ever. You know, since 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 the nineties, say that I just feel to, like I feel like these players the are personality whack. though. Nah, man, is the head coach. That's just that's it, just me. Listen, I've been with Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan, like I said, we got our issues, but he he knows what he's talking about. Unprepared. That's never any any description that you say about Mike Nolan. I, I see some of the that. dumb. I see some of the dumbest football players I've ever seen in football and their lack of communication, their lack of football acumen. They don't know how listen. Maybe it's too complicated for them because there's a lot of dumb football players in the league right now. They don't understand what, what that means when we have two receivers Jeez. in close proximity to each other. That means that we're going to talk about less limbo. You see guys that's farming their own land. They're selfish. They're saying, no, I'm going to get my guy. I don't care if it's hard for you we, we got, because we the guys got, are going to cut we, split. We got a rap here, man. On this show, we when they I'm say rap, you, bro, we stop talking. I'm just telling you, man, because they be they be they be you know wacky D right there, man. But you we'll can't continue, put on the players. We'll continue the combo yeah. conversation at 7 a.m. Eastern, including a possibility at the trade position, right. at the quarterback position that the Cowboys might be looking to make if Andy Dalton isn't the answer. That's coming up at 7 Eastern time. Jerry, for his part, has publicly backed defensive coordinator Mike Nolan and head coach Mike McCarthy. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive. What's that? Mm-hmm. 
That's a kiss of death. Kiss of death. The vote of confidence, the dreaded. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive, proud to honor our veterans by donating cars to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. We'll talk a little MLB, but first, let's go from A to Z. And A to Z is brought to you by Redbox, now available at Redbox. The edgier seat action thriller that can't be missed, Rent Ava, starring Jessica Chastain. Visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Key was watching his Dodgers last night take a 1-0 series lead over Tampa in Get the out! World Series. And Key's watching on ESPN News, watching those big flies leave the park. Clayton Kershaw got more than enough run support in the end. Six innings Sit of one-run ball. Mookie Betts went yard. Game two tonight, every game of the World Series on ESPN Radio coverage at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Blake Snell will be on the mound for Tampa. Probably the best thing considering they're down 1-0. Have your Cy Young winner out there towing the rubber. The Washington football team looking for a new name after retiring the old one. And it looks like next year the Washington football team will be known as the Washington football team. Team President Jason Wright telling local television station WJLA-TV in the nation's capital that there's a pretty good chance they're going to be the Washington football team again next season. Remember, they had been the Redskins for 87 years through 15 presidential administrations to keep it apropos in the nation's capital. Remember, when they announced the temporary name change on July 23rd, there were people that thought they could get a brand new nickname and get the merchandising and all of it going before the start of the season. But alas, next season, they might be the Washington football team. They should, they should just well. keep it. I like it. I, I like the be, Washington I, football team. I like the Red Tails. I like the Red Tails and pay homage to the um, you know the African American you know fire, Tuskegee the, Airmen. The fire to Tuskegee Airmen. I think it's right on point. That's a great that, one. That's that a great a good one. one too. That for for sure. But right now it might be Washington football team for the near future. The near future for Vasily Lomachenko, nothing but rest. In the biggest boxing fight since the pandemic on ESPN last Saturday night, he lost to Tiafimo Lopez. He underwent right shoulder surgery uh, a couple days ago, according to his manager. He had previously had surgery on his right shoulder a couple years ago, so it had kind of been bothering him for a little bit. And then he got popped in the second round of the fight. So his manager said, got to go under the knife. He did, and he is on the way to recovery. This is what it's all about. This is what you play for. We need to win a World Series, and we're all dedicated to it. Two one-seeds facing each other. It's going to be a heck of a battle. Cody Bellinger headed into the Dodger bullpen. Kershaw still cruising. Dodgers with a four-run bottom of the fifth lead 6-1. to one. Betts sends a fly ball to right field. It's gone! And the Dodgers win game one. You know, Clayton Kershaw pitched six dynamite innings to help the Dodgers go up 1-0, as you just heard there from Dan Schulman on the Rays in the World Series. The MVP moment of the week is brought to you by Sport Clips. Now with on-deck text alert, Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. And it's always good when we're joined by Buster Only, who joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Uh, Buster is going to be cranking out a podcast every single day here during the World Series. So download that if you can't get enough for seam heads everywhere. Good morning, Buster. Clayton Kershaw has been in Major League Baseball for 13 nearly brilliant years. But is there any truth to the fact that just six brilliant innings last night could turn the tide on a Baker's dozen career year? It's amazing what one outing can do, huh? He was, you know, remarkable after that first inning. In the first inning, you thought, Zubin, that he might be in trouble. You know, first 20 pitches, only one swing and miss, and, and as he acknowledged, he was bouncing sliders at 55 feet, but then he made an adjustment. And think about this. By the end of that night, he got 38 swings. He got 19 swings and misses, okay? 
50% whiff rate. That is the highest of his career in any start, whether it's regular season or postseason. So he was terrific. And on top of that, um, you know, I thought this was different last night, too, in the past. Uh, he was the horse that they would ride until he dropped. Well, last night after he got those six innings and they got the lead, Dave Roberts goes to him, okay, you know what, that's enough. We're going to save bullets. At 32, that's really appropriate. And, you know, you, you're working with a couple of football guys today, and so I'm curious to see if they agree with my comparison with Kershaw uh, with a football guy, and that's John Elway, that for years and years the conversation was about whether or not Elway could win the Super Bowl um, and then even though at the end of his career he wasn't as great as he was early on, the fact that he checked that box, that he won the Super Bowl, really meant a lot for his legacy and sort of put to rest that question. I think it'll be that way for Kershaw as well. It it, it should be, and, and, and you're right about John. John had gone to several Super Bowls and did not win them. When he got Terrell Davis in the backfield, the rest was history. Speaking of history, you mentioned Buster, that the skipper decided to go to Kershaw and say to him, hey, we're going to save some of those bullets. Now when you look at it's not a regular – now it is a regular World Series with seven seven games in seven days opposed to like we saw in the, LL, in the LCS. This is different. Can we see Kershaw again? Oh, without it. He's going to pitch game five, I'm sure, because you're going to have the off day after game two. You'll, you'll – uh, so that will line him up to have regular rest and then possibly could pitch out of the bullpen in game seven. But the way this series is going, the way the Dodgers are going, I'm not sure that it's going to get there because it's going to be tough to slow down an offensive juggernaut like the Dodgers. I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, Kershaw and kind of, you know, piggybacking on what Key was talking about. You know, Kershaw trying to change the narrative. And, you know, we only remember the last game that somebody, you know, somebody played in or, or pitched in. You know, but you know now you know you talk about seeing him in Game Five. You know how does the um, the, the Rays adjust now that they've seen him and and know what it looks like, and they'll go back and make their adjustments. And you know how important is it for for him to pitch from a lead because he didn't have a lot of stressful pitches. You know yesterday because he was playing from ahead. We know that Tampa has been playing from ahead. You know for the most you know, part of this um, playoffs. You know how important is it for 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 them to bounce back? And you know what do you think it looks like if they do see him again in Game Five? Yeah, it, look, if if they're going to if they're going to stress the Dodgers, then they have to draw on a line in the sand tonight. Um, you know, there's certainly things they'll be working on for Kershaw in a game 5, but tonight Blake Snell has to do what we haven't seen pitchers with other teams be able to do in recent days, and that's to to slow down the Dodger offense. You know, they are now completely locked in. Um it's in a lineup of tremendous depth. Uh, they have a lot of experience. They make in-game adjustments so well. And, you know, I, I, before the game, I was thinking about this. Dave Roberts was part of that 2004 Red Sox team that came back from an 0-3 deficit, the greatest comeback in baseball history, 0-3 deficit to the Yankees. And they come back, and then not only did they beat the Yankees in the American League Championship Series, but they rode that momentum and destroyed the Cardinals in the World Series. And so before last night's game, I asked Dave Roberts, I said, are you seeing similarities? Because this team – the, the 2020 Dodgers saw the abyss. You know, they were down 3-1 to the Braves, and they now have dug themselves out of that hole. They're flying high. And as I was asking the question, he was nodding. Yes, yes. The same type of confidence right now for the Dodgers with that tremendous offense. Buster only ESPN Baseball Insider, host of Baseball Tonight podcast. Every game of the World Series is on ESPN Radio. Coverage begins before each game at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Buster, um, when you look at the way 
Kevin Cash stuck with Tyler, I like to call him Glass because we broke the glass yesterday, for a career high of 112 pitches. Did did he stick with him too long? Because that count started to get up there with me. In the fifth inning, I started to see a little wear and tear on that. What do you think about what he did? Yeah, I was surprised that he stuck with him as long as he did. Um, I will tell you that part of the reason why, and I asked Kevin about this beforehand, uh, Tyler Glass now is a very fun guy. He's an excitable guy. And I asked Kevin ahead of time, you know, how do you think he'll handle the adrenaline? And he started laughing. He said, yeah, that's always the question. You know, sometimes in the first inning he'll come out trying to throw 104 miles per hour. Guys, that's what happened last night. I think you're talking about a a younger pitcher, his first experience in the World Series, and he was saturated by adrenaline, um, you know, six walks. And I think Kevin, knowing that, uh, you know, that, that Glasnow has such great stuff, was hoping that he would stabilize and he never really did. But I was getting texts from managers with other teams saying, huh, they, they thought that uh, Kevin would be more aggressive going to the bullpen. This was interesting to me, Buster, because the skipper Dave Roberts uh, said, you know, after the game, if, if Mookie Betts was with us, the Dodgers, in 2018, we would have beat the Red Sox. But I'm like, well, what does that say about the guys we had on the roster in 2018? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did you make of those comments? Uh, that that, that uh, I, th- I felt he was stating the obvious. Yeah, when you take one of the two best players in baseball and switch it from one team to another, it probably will make a difference. Um, you know, Mookie Betts is is probably the best 5-2 player in baseball. I mean, he, in the last three days, four days, has done absolutely everything. You think about that, you know, that catch he made against the Braves, running in, catching it down by his ankle, making the beautiful throw to home plate, doubling off. Uh, throwing out the runner at home, uh, going back to the fence, leaping up, making those uh, the home run saving catch against Freddie Freeman, the stolen base last night, the great base running instinct, and then to go the opposite field. The funny thing is, is when Mookie's going great, he's pulling the ball. He's not really an opposite field hitter, and he's not really swinging the bat that well. And yet he's just such an unbelievable player that he is dominating without really being in his peak swinging the bat. Real, real quick for me, you got we got 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, uh, why Trout is the best and not Mookie Betts? Just really quick, and we can have a longer conversation at another time. Uh, pure power. Trout is as good as a base runner as Mookie, but in terms of the power impact, those statistics, you know, Trout's been better. And you know what? Maybe the mantle will, will shift here in the next couple of years. We'll wait to see a championship for Mookie Betts. Another one would certainly do that as, of course, Mike Trout has appeared in the playoffs just one time in his career. And when you sit next to a couple of pro athletes, they always say it's about the rings and the trophies. And Mookie's got one. He's looking for another. Trout's still trying to get to the LCS for the first time in his brilliant career. I'm just saying, Z, when, when you come to a team and you affect it a certain way, that I just it's, but, but that, I don't know. But that, but that team was already built to be a championship team. He's just to finish in peace. Uh, it just it feels different. That's right. all I'm saying. Trout has never won a postseason series, but the numbers are infallible. He has the best numbers of any player in the modern era. You could even stretch back to the old school guys. His Check numbers compare war. with literally wins above replacement. Nobody better than Mike Trout. That is for sure. Kid. Game two tonight. You're such a homer. An off no, day. I'm not. I'll ask the question. Still to come. The Cowboys ready to trade for a quarterback. Just how rare is that for them? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.